0: Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Becky Brown. I'm one of the associate pastors here at First United Methodist Church in Waynesville, North Carolina. You're about to listen to the sermon from worship this week. You can also watch this service online through our YouTube channel. You can just search FUMC Waynesville on YouTube or join us in person at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. every Sunday. Thanks for listening, and we hope this sermon challenges, inspires, and invigorates your faith. May God bless you. Shall we pray? O oh, Father, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh, God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, John, in his description of the disciples, was very clear and very uncompromising in telling what was going on he was simply saying the disciples were, were afraid. They were behind locked doors because of the fear of the Jews. Their Messiah, their Christ had been arrested, had been convicted, tried and convicted, and then he was tortured and then he died on a Roman cross. So all their dreams of a new kingdom were gone from them. They were completely desolate. They were decimated. They were discouraged. Everything was going wrong. They were sitting there, not, or listening, to the footsteps on the steps or someone knocking at the locked door coming to arrest them. And the scripture says, suddenly, Jesus stood among them. Now, I've read this scripture many times, but the thought just jumped out to me when I read that again. Nothing, nothing can keep Jesus out. Those locked doors, the walls around the disciples, Jesus came through them, but also the the fear and, and the anxiety and the shame they had That did not keep Jesus out. There's nothing in this world that can keep Jesus out of our lives. Just a few weeks ago, I was at one of the local prisons with the Kairos ministry. And as those inmates were beginning to realize what was going on, one of them said, Jesus is here. The prison walls could not keep Jesus from them. Even when you look at the oppressive nations around the world that are trying to stamp out Christianity, Jesus comes and stands among those disciples and those early, those Christians. He comes to them when they're worshiping in their underground places. He comes to them when the smuggled Bibles come to them. Jesus comes to them even in dreams. There's nothing. Nothing in this world that can keep Jesus out. Even with our own tangled and confused emotions. Maybe the, we have some very hurtful and, and bitter memories. and We hold on to them. We can't get rid of them. They won't keep Jesus out. He comes into the midst of our memories. And he heals them. So Jesus came to the disciples in that that room where they were huddled in fear. What was he going to do with them? They they had failed him. They had run away. They had left him. But do you notice there were no words of rebuke, no words of condemnation, no words of censure? What was Jesus doing here with the disciples? What was he going to do with them? Catherine Fulsana is a religion columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times. And she travels our country looking for stories of faith and grace. And once she was attending a Passover Seder in Bozeman, Montana, and the the rabbi was officiating and he came up with a added twist. He said that the word in Hebrew for Egypt is the word narrow. So what was happening here is that God was leading the Israelites out of their narrow place of captivity and slavery into the wide open spaces of freedom. And then the rabbi asked the question of those who were there. A very pointed question. He said, what are the narrow places in your life that you need to be freed from so you can go into the wide open spaces. When Jesus came to those disciples in that upper room, he was leading them, he was freeing them from their narrow place of guilt and shame and fear. And he was leading them into the wide open spaces of forgiveness and grace. How does he do that? Well, first of all, he said, "Peace be with you," which is a normal Eastern greeting, but it meant lots more than that to the disciples. They remembered when Jesus, he was with them in the upper room before the crucifixion, and he said, "My peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you." Jesus was saying, "I'm with you. Now I forgive you. The slate is clean. It's time." To start over again but as he was speaking he was also showing them the wounds in his hand and his side it's always amazed me as i think about these scriptures jesus and his resurrected body and in his glorified body up in heaven the chief identifying marks of jesus are his wounds that he came from calvary as he suffered for us And then he said again, peace be with you. And he said to the disciples, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And he breathed on them the breath of the Holy Spirit. And the same word used for that verb in John is the same one used in the Old Testament going back, To the original creation where god took the dust of the earth and breathed into it and a living being came forth so jesus was telling these disciples you're part of a new creation he breathed into them this new life and he says you are part of this new creation my my plan for restoring the world in righteousness and goodness and love And I'm sending you forth into this new creation to be my spokespeople, to speak the gospel. Well, one of the disciples was missing. Name is Thomas. And a week later, he shows up. And the disciples have been telling him, we have seen the Lord. Thomas said, I will not believe until I see the wounds in his side and the wounds in his hand and I touch them. And when Jesus came to Thomas, and Thomas reached out and touched, he made this great declaration of faith. He said, my Lord and my God. And so he became part, began to be part of that group. As Jesus was freeing that whole group, especially Thomas, from the narrow place of tenacious skepticism, into the wide open spaces of a spirit-filled community. So what was going on with, with Thomas and the rest of the disciples? They were having an encounter with the living Christ. The resurrection, the resurrected Christ, the living Christ, was speaking to them and showing them how to go forth to be his people in the world. So it seems that the main difference here was that they were encountering a Christ who had risen from the dead. And when we talk about the resurrection, we've got to be more than observers of the resurrection and talking about it. We actually now become participants in the resurrected life of Christ. His life comes within us to lead us, and to guide us, and to empower us. You see, Christianity is more than a self-help project. It is surrendering ourselves to the one who died and rose again for us. It's not so much about moral excellence, but it's about receiving the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ into our lives that we might go forth and speak that grace. It's not 10 easy steps to success, but it's following Jesus Christ wherever he may lead us. So what really happened to the disciples? Did they follow through on this? How did this affect them? Let me read a scripture from the book of Acts, and I want you, as I read it, to compare... What was, what was happening with those disciples in the upper room when they were afraid? And we read this from the book of Acts. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. And the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Jesus was freeing and leading these apostles and Thomas into a new way, a new way of living. Before they had been so, they been afraid, hiding behind locked doors. And right before this passage in, in Acts, they had been threatened with further persecution and forbidden to speak in the name of the Lord. But what we discover here now, they become courageous communicators of the word of God. We also see that they became a caring and contagious community where everyone around them saw the love that was evident in their lives. Let's go back for a moment to that question the rabbi asked those people at that Passover Seder where he said, what Are the narrow places in your life from which you need to be freed? And that's the question that we ask of ourselves and everyone here this morning. Where are the narrow places in your life that are constricting you and keeping you from going into the wide open spaces of God's love and mercy? Could it be fear? Could it be anxiety? Could it be unforgiving? Could it be ungrateful? Could it be a sense of failure? What is? What is that narrow place? But it can't keep Jesus out. He's come to lead us out of those narrow places into places of fruitful living and dynamic relationship. You are a believer, but you've been locked up in this room. You want to serve Christ, but you're afraid. Let Jesus come, take your hand, free you, leave you, lead you out of those narrow places into a wide open spaces of his love and grace. In the name of the Father and the Son,